This is Amateur Logic, episode 170, for June 15th, 2022. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in amateur radio accessories, and by ICOM. Amateur Radio's most popular event, Field Day, is just around the corner. Be a Field Day leader with ICOM. Good evening. Welcome to another exciting episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. I'm Mike. And, wow, it is a hot time in the old town tonight. It is. You know, I've been called Dean Martin so many times, I almost answered that on here, too. I signed that on my checks the other day when I was sending my bills out. (laughs) Yeah. Did they look at you kind of funny? (laughs) They ain't got them yet. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, June here in the middle, in the middle of June in Mississippi, is about as hot as it should be a month from now. Yeah. Came early this year. It's prime field day weather, which is coming up really soon. Yeah. Oh, boy, it is, isn't it? What, two more weeks? Yeah. We still got to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, we we should plan that. Email, have you you got field day plans down there? Yes, and it's next week. Hundred degree weather. Uh so Oh <laughs> next gotta, weekend? Yeah, you better move that plan up a bit. Oh, do you hear that, Tommy? <laughs> well you might Oh, uh, we better we better move it up and start planning about Thursday then so we it can be ready in time. Mike, I think you're gonna make a few contacts yourself, aren't you? I am. I'm going to operate. Um, let's see. What is going to be? I forget what it, is it. Uh, emergency power uh, batteries is. Um, I'll be operating one Echo. I I believe is the uh, qualifier or the. Uh, uh, what do they call that? The uh, station. Exchange. Yeah. Ex- yeah. The exchange. Yeah. I'm thinking about operating the same way. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be one. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Anything could happen at this point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you can tell we've really planned this out well. (laughs) We haven't even talked to Wayne yet. Well, we've got a fun show lined up tonight. You know, last month, Email and I went to Dayton Hamvention. Who's and I? And I? It's that guy that was riding with him. Oh. Well, that was that was John. But uh, we had a good time up there. It was Emil's first trip to Hamvention. And we're going to get his take on it and what he thought about it there. And we're going to look at some 
a few new products. We, we're not going to look at everything that was there because you can't see everything that's there. But we've got a few interesting things to look at here. And email found some economical items as well. Economical? Yes. <laughs> I, I think we need to qualify that statement. Oh, it'll it, you'll, it'll be qualified. Oh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> economical as in more expensive than cheap. Yep. Tommy, what are you going to bring forward tonight? Well, I, obviously I didn't get to go to Dayton this year, but I did uh, play around with uh, D-Star Terminal Mode, which is really cool. I'm kind of anxious for you guys to see it. Yeah, I'm anxious for them to see it, too. I've already watched it. Now I've got to go do some some hooking up and testing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat stuff. It is. It is. Uh, email? Well, of course, your segments are included here with the stuff that uh, we shot at Hamvention, so are mine. Uh, Mike, you're going to, you know, Mike is really a controversial guy. <laughs> Mike Mike is going to open a can of worms. Oh, I, yeah, I know. Mike's. I will, I'll you may as well that. talk about politics, man. Mike, what are you going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to talk about uh, grounding. If you recall the, uh, the the prior segment I did, it was installing a ground rod uh, using just water. And, um, of course, once I got that ground rod in the, into the ground, I got to thinking, well, geez, you need, I need to hook that up, but I better check out to see what I need to do to properly connect that extra ground rod. So... That led into a whole other can of worms. Uh, yes, it did. So we'll see what you came up with, though. Should be fun. Well, without further ado, let's get on into the show tonight, because like I say, we've got a lot to go. And some really neat things. This one right here, email ran across. Emil at the TAPR desk here in Hamvention. We happened to stop by interesting desk here so first off i'll let uh somebody introduce themselves and talk to us a little bit about it hi this is um munir k6aq um and basically what this is is um it's called easy dv so it's basically um an esp32 board um that's attached to a, a carrier board and the carrier board just simply has a, a ti audio codec um and that just handle that's effectively the sound card for this thing and the ESP32 itself is actually modulating and demodulating a mode called um, FreeDV, which um, is actually playing on the screen right over here. So it's Muneer, right? Yeah. Okay, Muneer, the actual processing and everything that's happening, though, is happening on this uh, ESP32, correct? That's correct, yeah. Awesome, that's awesome. Uh, great, great, great size and great uh, project there. Uh, talk to us a little bit about... How does the uh, codec work? Like, what I know it was designed to be a low bandwidth uh, uh, from the developer to use. I think they were trying to use it on maritime uh, for satellite uh, communications. But talk to us a little bit. How does that codec actually work? So the codec basically um, is like a. It's kind of like a mini other sort of like digital codec for like um, transmitting over the internet. It just operates at a much lower bit rate, like you were saying, compared to like say, the typical um, audio codecs you would use for internet audio, right? Yeah. Um, the, and in addition, there, there's like a waveform 
that gets generated that can go out over a normal HF radio. And that waveform is generally around one to one and a half kilobit, like kilohertz wide. Yeah. Okay. I remember. I, I do remember a while back it was around two, but they've got it to one? That's correct, yeah. Wow. Nice. That's really nice. Well, all right. I, I appreciate the time. And uh, you have any other questions, George, or anything? So he's asking, what, what did you add here with the uh, PCB to, uh, to make it work together? So um, basically, um, on the PCB, it's, um, there's a TLV320 um, audio codec chip from Texas Instruments. And that, um, that audio codec chip is basically an I2S and I2C um, chip. And what it does is it takes um, I2S audio from the ESP32 and just converts it to analog audio. And then the analog audio goes out over the 3.5 millimeter jacks. Yeah, in and out through the, uh, the I2S. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome, man. With the, thank you for your time and uh, project. I used FreeDV uh, a while back, and I knew they had it uh, designed for some mariners uh, who wanted really cheap ways to communicate through the satellites when they were on ship. And um, I didn't know, though, they got it down to a 1 kilohertz bandwidth. That's incredible. That is Wow. You know, I, I I did the codec itself is unique as well. So I, there's a lot more to that. It doesn't just sample the audio like most things do in stream. It actually has shapes of a voice waveform, and it's it's kind of digitizing the shape and then sending the information to the other side, putting that back together, the voice back together. So it, I can understand why it would be a, a very low bandwidth, which is really awesome on HF. Yeah, but I mean, you you think about it, man. One kilohertz. I mean, that's like just somebody whistling, you know. <laughs> that's no bandwidth, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's digital. The other side's putting back the voice using pieces of voices, yep. from what I understand. So I'm gonna have to read yep. more about it, but it's really interesting. That's really yeah, cool. The easy. I mean, the uh, ESP32 board. That's a pretty cool board. I've got two that I've had in a box for couple of years i need to bust them out and play around with them some yeah i've busted mine out yeah and played around with them and i'm gonna play with them some more guarantee you well another thing and this is i guess this is where we first met at hamvention this year uh email and john came up i'd already been there for a couple of days because i uh, streamed Contest University, Room 1 from Contest University this year. It's on the DX Engineering YouTube channel if you want to go check that out. Some really good segments. Whether you're a contester or not, you're going to enjoy that. So check it out when you get a little time. It's long, uh, so jump around. I think you'll find that uh, it's worth spending a little time there. So when we first got there and met, I was already there, and email and John got there, and we met, uh, well, in the first building there where Wolf River Coils was. Hello, Emil. How you doing, George? Doing good. This is our second day here at Hamvention. Uh, how was the cheap old steak last night? I forgot to ask you. The cheap old steak was awesome and uh, well, well, well deserved because we really got our cheap's worth yesterday. We did. And we're standing here, well, where are we? In front of 
the Wolf River Coal and uh, booth right here. Matter of fact, there's one right there. You purchased one of these yesterday. I sure did, and uh, not that I would ever uh, admit it or anything, but yes, I had to fill my uh, the bed of my truck with something we can operate all bands on for uh, the trip home. Yeah, and you bought the 102-inch whip as well. Sure did. Uh, I, I almost got attacked in the uh, flea market for it because it seems to be a pretty hot uh, item when people are looking for those whips, but uh, I made it out alive. Yeah, I think I heard him say a minute ago they're out of the whips now. Yeah, I, I see one behind us here. So if we're if we're if we're if we're really uh, you know uh, entrepreneurial, we we might take care of that. Do you think we can fold that up enough to get it in your backpack? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not sure this is going to do it. Gary, how's it going? Good, good. How how is business this great. year? We're done great. We're doing really well. Business has been wonderful. Yeah, Emil bought one yesterday, yep. and the whip. And a whip, yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Anything new this year? Well, we actually are making a spike now that you can just drive into the ground. And I brought some as a prototype here because I had the idea about two weeks ago, and I only could get so many from the machine shop, and they were gone by 10 o'clock, so... We called up the machine shop, says, give us 100 more. So it'll be online. Wow. Yeah, we also got oh, this, yes. which is uh, if you got your own camera tripod, you can just use this with the camera tripod. Like that. It's the same Similar as that. that Similar to that, yeah. So that, a lot of people have their own tripods they don't use anymore, and why not put a coil on it? Hey, why not? Good, quick, portable antenna. Good, quick, portable antenna, yep. That was a neat idea. Yeah. I see uh, somebody said maybe uh, it was a kind of a blooper because Emil spent money. <laughs> yeah. I'm busted. Mom's I got it. I'm, I am, I am no. standing here beside myself. <laughs> I, uh, I got it ready to go. I just bought a mount to put on the end of it for field day, too. It used to be right here forever. Oh, you moved it. Oh, look at that. He's got one of those, yeah. too. And and don't cross the streams. <laughs> I've got a uh, a couple of 102 inch whips too. So wait, we were lightsaber fate. Okay, I thought you were gonna pull a Star Wars quote like uh, the Force is strong with this one, Something like that. Um, yeah, and you bought that the first day, didn't you, Emil? I I did. Uh, I was almost uh, accosted several times, and uh, the, I was carrying around that steel whip with me the whole day. I think I almost uh, shish kebabbed some people getting on the bus with it, going down the aisles before I put it down on the floor, because um, they bust you in and out of the site there. So it was interesting carrying around that whip. Uh, those are in demand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, he had, what, one left there, so. You know, I, I noticed Jeff said over here in the chat room that uh, he says uh, email was spending my money, maybe. <laughs> Actually, that is not far from the truth because I had to buy his pork chop sandwich. <laughs> yep, the cheapo funds. I, I gave my last dollar to the bus driver, so George hooked me up. 
That was the only dollar you brought, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was the only one. <laughs> so, so you spend yeah. it all in one place, huh? Yes, the bus driver yeah. got it. <laughs> the pork chop. Since man. I wasn't there to see it, George, did uh, any moss fly out of his wallet when he opened it up? Um, you know there was photographic evidence there. I need to go back with a magnifying glass and check that out better. <laughs> Mike, I, I want you to know we took a photograph specifically for you to show that the moss, the the look on the bus driver's face was classic because that's I was holding the dollar and she was pulling it and I was holding it saying, wait, we have to document this for Mike on our show. Yeah. <laughs> there was no moss flying out of it? the wallet. We I got one more video here. ICOM had some some new products this year, some different things, some things that aren't even for sale yet. This is a magic trunk. This is one of them right here. I'm looking forward to seeing how this pans out in the future. Right, this looks an awful lot like a 705, but uh, no, that's the wrong frequency. Yeah, that's true, George. That is the wrong frequency, and while it does look a lot like a 705, it's a completely different animal in its own. They used, this is what we call the SHF project, super high frequency, uh, 2.4, 5.9 gigahertz. Not megahertz, but gigahertz. So we're in the microwave bands now. And what other better form factor than the 705 to go with use a lot of the similar components but one of the biggest differences is the side uh, yeah there's a, i don't see an antenna connector here no sir not an antenna connector and then you've got lights flashing like a network yeah exactly so what we're doing here is poe up to the rf deck that will be by the antenna and so that way, no feed line loss, which you, you really couldn't stand on the microwave frequencies. No, sir, not at all. And this, this is definitely a prototype. A lot of bells, I mean, a lot of buttons, a lot of different things that you would think that you could look at, but a lot of it's not functioning. But we wanted to be able to show it here at Dayton because there, there's a lot of microwave enthusiasts here. Um, they're using the 705 for like the IF or 10 gig or their other transverters. But this is this is a first serious look at a manufacturer doing something to, to go along in their radio product line. And this looks like, I mean, the build quality and all feels like a commercialized product, uh, not, not an amateur radio product. This... This is very heavy looking like something we would use in broadcasting. Okay, slips out of the mouth. Let me see. Oh, yeah. It's got some health to it. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's a beautiful layout like it is. GPS antenna for the clock configuration, and then your RF connections on it. So, uh, how many watts? That that hasn't been specified yet, but we got, I mean, you, you can even hear the crowd's going wild. Yeah. I, think, I think you've got the first customer there. Yeah. Yep. But, unfortunately, George, we don't have a whole lot of information at this point on it. Uh, we do have a preliminary brochure that definitely take a look at. 
but it, it is exciting to, to see new technology coming out. And I can tell this is not a mock-up. This thing has heat to it, so I know there's something happening in this box. It's, uh, huh. Well, that, that's going to be a fun product to watch there because we've got those frequencies up there. We need to be using them before the FCC decides to sell them to the cell phone people or someone else. Yes, sir. And one of the things that's, that I find exciting about this is, yes, there are people that are building it. Will the specs meet or exceed what some of the, the um, high-end guys that are doing that are building their own preamps and LNAs and things like that? It'll give them a run for the money, but it's going to be a package that somebody can take out of the box and know that it works instead of the frustration of, well, some might think it's frustration, some might think that it's pure ecstasy that, oh my gosh, I'm troubleshooting and building my own stuff. But this brings it to mainstream ham radio here. Well, as a former uh, television engineer, the fact that you don't have to deal with waveguide and pressurized line and all of these things we did back during that time, you've just got uh, Ethernet up to it, is really going to simplify things. Taking all of that and line loss out of the equation, all those places that you could get water in, and it doesn't take, breathe on it, you know, on, on something like that, and it can't tolerate the loss. But here, I mean, if that's up on the tower or building, wherever you're going to put it, short links to your antennas, very, very nice setup. And do we know what modes this is going to do yet? All the traditional modes or there, I guess... Maybe some data modes in here, huh? It'll be interesting to see what it will do. Some of the preliminary discussions that I've heard is definitely including D-Star, but also the DD mode. So 128K bit per second, maybe a little bit faster, not really sure. I'm, I'm excited to see what the final thing is, but I could tell when you were talking and you're looking and you're, you're kind of pulling back that drool, the wheels are turning in your head going... I, I bet this is on one of your Christmas lists. Well, you know, I got to think these frequencies, there, there's some bandwidth in here. There's opportunity to really, really get some transmissions out that are, that are not narrowband, sideband, or, or FM. That, there's some capabilities. And I think it was this part of the spectrum that excited you to get you your license at one time oh yeah i mean yeah i liked getting up in the the higher end of the band because i i have worked in 950 that's what we use for uh the radio stations as a studio to transmit our link and we've got some pretty good bandwidth there we can send uh quite a bit more than just uh analog signal on it but yeah, you know, I didn't really have any interest in HF to start with, although I, I enjoy it now. But, yeah, getting up in here where you can experiment, where you can send some real data, that uh, kind of piques my interest. 
I can just I can tell by the way you're talking about it, George. The wheels are just spinning, man. That that's great. And I remember you, well, your story that it was really VHF UHF that got you excited about amateur radio. So now there there's this and more now. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I hate to speculate because we don't know what this thing is going to do, but I know the frequencies you got here. Uh, there's there's stuff we haven't really even dreamed of yet that's going to be possible. Yep, at this point, we, we don't know. Ray, thanks for showing us these two new products here. He had some pretty neat toys this year. Oh, he always does. Yeah. The best. True. That's pretty awesome, man. I'm looking forward to seeing that when it comes out. Yeah. You know, Emil, I, I notice you've got a smile on your face there. That <laughs> looks like something you could use in the cheap old shack. Hey, there's nothing like digital data. Uh, I can't wait for all of that to uh, hit and uh, be usable and, and friendly. And mm-hmm. uh, that's that's an awesome thing, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no kid. Tommy, you had a, a email that we skipped right over. Well, it's actually not an email. It's a... Uh... A news item I saw on the FC on the uh, AWRL site. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, it said the FCC proposed a record thirty-four thousand dollar fine for alleged interference in unauthorized transmission during the Idaho wildfire. So it's a pretty long article. I'm just going to kind of touch the high points on it, but uh, you can go read it if you like. But uh, anyway, they proposed that fine. It's the largest fine ever proposed of its kind. It's uh it's that big fire they had last year in uh Idaho. His name's Frawley. The FCC issued a notice of apparent liability and forfeiture called an NAL on June of this year to him. He holds an extra class amateur license, call signs WA seven CQ. He's the owner and operator of a communications company. He's got eight microwave licenses and one business license. On the 17th of July last year, he used his amateur handheld radio, transmitted five times on the 18th, three times on the 19th, I think it was. They said he was causing harmful interference. But he says that he was trying to provide information to help him fight the fire. Um, it's an interesting, interesting article. It's quite long. It kind of makes me think about uh, those little cheap Baofeng radios that transmit on pretty much any frequency they'll yeah. tune to. Um, he was an extra class, or he is an extra class operator, at least for now. I kind of wonder if he's going to jeopardize his business licenses as well. Uh, yeah, good chance. I, I don't know. I mean, all I know is what they said in the story. And Yeah, he, he responded to the letter. He said, at no time was I trying to disturb any other communications or air traffic. He was honestly giving him information he had. He's, since he's been working on the Butte since early 90s. So, I don't know. But yeah. just be careful about where you transmit. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. I, I know I know. if it's a matter of life or death that you could use whatever means are necessary, but there might have been other methods that he could have got that information to him, cell phone or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure, but uh, I don't know. I, I didn't hear it, so I'm not going to judge the guy, but he's in pretty hot water. Very. Mike, you had something you were going to share with us here. Yeah, it's a Zoom event that's upcoming. Mark your calendars and save the date on June 
8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, there will be a Zoom presentation on weather spotting. Now, it's it's held by a, a fellow that I've I've managed to uh, see in person a couple of times, witness his presentations, and that's uh, Jeff Colson from Environment Canada. And Jeff always does a great uh, presentation. And also uh, Jason Tremblay of VE3JXT, who is the uh, Radio Amateurs of Canada Community Services Officer, uh, he'll be uh, co-presenting uh, that event as well. So there's no charge, and the information is on the website. Um, so uh, you might want to check it out if you're into uh, uh, extreme weather. And uh, just for uh, for those that aren't aware, CanWarn is kind of the equivalent of SkyWarn in the U.S. It looks like okay. you're into extreme weather right now. <laughs> yes. We had uh, extreme weather go through here, but it never uh, never transpired into anything. Yeah. Uh, we've had really high winds. We've been under extreme wind warning, and it kind of looked like we were having a hurricane here without the rain. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah, we we had uh, extreme winds yesterday. Yeah, there was some, some lightning. Oh, yeah. Serious lightning. Yeah. Extreme lightning, too. Well, it Mike's didn't. Mike's got it right there. Yeah, it didn't get the back wall here. <laughs> didn't like it get that extreme? Mike. And it didn't get quite as bad as what you guys got up in Canada. Yeah. All right, we're going to be back in just a moment, and we got a lot more to go yet. So, what new don't products go away. did MFJ bring to Dayton Hamvention 2022? We ask Richard Stubbs. We've always been a part of code learning. The code tutor is the original product that we came out with almost 20 years ago to learn and just listen to code and keep your speed up. Then we came out with the code reader, which you hold up to your radio speaker and you listen to code as it's coming off the air. This is now the MFJ 419 CW Elmer. You practice sending code to this device and it'll show you in English what you're sending. So for the brand new person who's never sent code before, you're going to use a telegraph key to type in characters on the key and have them show up in English on the display. And it's an interactive mode, too, so you can actually learn how to actually do your QSO as a CW um, and then let the Elmer teach you before you go on the air and actually take it to the next level. The other new device we have is an RF uh, filtered DC power outlet. This has got RF filtering in it to prevent hash from getting into the, the radio system and harming the equipment and making your computer go crazy or whatever. It's got power poles, and it's got banana post, but uh, it's a 40-amp power strip that would hook up to your power supply. And the other nifty thing we have been making, this has got U-bolt holes down in here too, so you can put a mast up and then just drive your tire over the, this uh, stainless steel part and then you've got other connections here, too. So you could just do a ham stick. You could do uh, you know, a, a Tar Heel antenna, uh, a VHF, UHF. But then we'll have up to a 50-foot mast that you can take up in the air and put a real antenna on it out in the field, out in anywhere. And uh, so we're real fired up about that device. MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com. Thanks, MFJ, for sponsoring Amateur Logic. It was good to visit with Richard again this year. We've, yeah, I hate I didn't get to see him. That's about the only time I get to see him anymore. I've got a little video later in the show tonight of, of him. So, okay, uh, cool. Yeah, he had some... How, how was the garage sale, or is that what the video is about? Uh, how was... And, you know, 
how opportune that you mentioned that just at this moment, Mike. <laughs> because I was forgetting. That wasn't a setup either. No, it wasn't a setup. I didn't buy much at Hamvention this year. I didn't have much on the shopping list, but I got a a few little things. The only thing I paid a meal, some stuff. Well, yeah, I bought a meal, a pork chop sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is the only thing I paid full price for, and that sander discs. It, it looks like that. With a hole in it. But actually, this is rubberized. And this goes on the bottom of your magnetic mount antenna yeah. to protect ah, it. Anti-skid. Yeah, to protect your car, oh. and it doesn't slide either. Yeah, it grips pretty good. So I picked up a couple of those. They, I, I don't remember what they cost. I could think of a good joke if you slip one of those into somebody's DVD player. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially if you peel the back off first. <laughs> <laughs> And another thing, and this, I guess, would be my my best cheap find. These, and you probably can't can't see this. Is that That's a doorknob capacitor? That is a doorknob capacitor. A thousand picofarads at uh, five kilovolts. At MFJ's garage sale, they had some. They just had a lot of different kind of stuff, but they had a little bag that had four of these doorknob capacitors in there. And I saw those, and, you know, a lot of my broadcast transmitters use them. And I said, mm-hmm. well, I, I need to grab those. And I asked Richard, oh, how much? I've forgotten exactly what it was. It was, I want to say it was three or four bucks yeah. for a bag of four of them. That would have cost much, much more if you were buying these. Cool. I don't know what they're going for now, but uh, a heck of a lot more than I that. I saw those in that bag earlier when I came over here was sitting up. I didn't know exactly what it was. Yep. That's Richard, what it is. Richard was having fun at that. Uh, I heard him haggling with people. I heard him doing all kind of stuff. It sounds like they were really having fun uh, with he that. Al- he, Richard always has a good time, man. He's awesome. I always enjoy visiting with him. Yep. Speaking of good times at Hamvention... And cheap about how cheap a mill is. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta review this table. Cheap stuff. Cheap stuff. The cheap stuff table. <laughs> this is uh fester mode. <laughs> but there is I see some what's this package? SO T.O. Yeah, T.O. package, yeah. 2 in 37072. Yeah, it's cheap stuff. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. BNC Slave, BNC Master. It's a project board. That was a one-way switch. It only goes one way. That's it. Once you switch it. Let's take a picture. Oh, wow. 
I got some RF parts on that one. Sir. Yeah, is that, is that an amplifier? Two, let's see, what does it say? MO1, I don't see, 110.3, like 2003. Got some adjustments back there. Oh, that's not adjustments. Where is it? Yeah. That's uh, I don't know what that Those is. Those are RF transistors. Yeah. Not a clue. Audio transformers, maybe? Nah, it looks like it, but not necessarily. That's right. It looks like it, though. Then you win 1,000. Favorite. Got a dollar. <laughs> Important, important information for everyone. Turn it off when equipment is not in use for periods of eight hours or more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, words to live by at the cheap table. Thank you. <laughs> Look, you can pick up that CB. <laughs> 22? Yes, 23 channel. It's got a channel Vintage. 23. Yeah. Grenada. No man for a buck. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> little sandpaper. <laughs> there you go. We found the cheap table. Look at that tablet right there. No, the next one. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a feature. <laughs> That's the Android things I was talking about over there. Android. Oh, the heavy base is on. I don't know if you can yeah. play a different oh, yeah, operating right. system on this map. Or if it's got Wi-Fi. Oh, really? nice. Do they have Wi-Fi on? Do they have uh, two gig Wi-Fi on? Wow. <laughs> okay. And he never did buy one of those, did he, Emil? I don't think so. Yeah. You didn't buy that uh, CB with the seawater rust on it? I didn't. Look, Tommy, don't. Don't push it now. The, the dollar table was pushing it for me. I I had to save up for the bus ride, so that you is. know, it was either that or I find something else. And I, I think George might have documented the, uh, something else too. Uh, you didn't you didn't buy those green and red flood lamps, as port and starboard flood lamps for Andy? Uh, um, no, no. I, I don't think that was going to work in his case. I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that was. That was cheap. There was another, well, they didn't even have a table. They were so cheap. Another place out in the flea market. And I did some dumpster diving there. Well, dumpster diving. It's actually a big plastic uh, containers. The guy had like a bunch of stuff that came off the walls at Radio Shack. And I went through there and just. Oh, that would be awesome. I grabbed some adapters and. Maybe a couple of chips, and I don't know. I bought like ten dollars worth of stuff there. I think, hmm. but uh, I was impressed. George spent quite a bit of time going through that 
uh, plastic tub. I remember that. Oh yeah, he he does that. He does that all the time. He'll meticulously go through every little part in those little bins and stuff. I've seen him do that too. But yeah, I used to love the reading the signs it. on those budget tables, like signs like the wife says, "Don't bring it home." Yeah, those. <laughs> Some of them are pretty classic. Uh-huh. Well. To take a break from the Hamvention stuff here for just a little bit, but we, we've got more of that yet. We're going to see what Dean Martin was up to this past Dean month. Dean Martin. See, I don't even know my name, man. <laughs> That's your title. When I go, yeah, I know. <laughs> I hope I don't go through a roadblock tonight on the way home. They're going to be like, what's your name, Dean Martin? <laughs> That's that's an automatic breathalyzer test right there. Yeah, it should be, too. Today i got a fun topic for you. You know I love D-Star. You know I've got several hot spots here. I use them all the time. But with some of these newer radios, you don't need a hot spot. We can get online with terminal mode. I'm going to show you how to use terminal mode with the IC705, and we'll do the same thing with the ID52, but it also works with some of the other radios. It works with the 9700 that's behind me here. It works with the 4100, I'm pretty sure. The ID51 Plus 2, and poss- possibly some more, but those are the ones that I'm pretty sure that it works fine with. Uh, the 705 is kind of special because it's got Wi-Fi. So let's go ahead and get started. To get, to get going, we need to get the Wi-Fi going. So let's go into Menu. I'll go into Set, Wireless LAN. Uh, wireless land on let's go into the settings we're going to use an access point and these are the ones that are close by that can be heard and i've got mine is already hooked up so i'm gonna go ahead and back out of this i haven't been able to get it to work on the u.s trust system but i think that's because the gateway server that i'm registered on is down right now being rebuilt there was a problem with it and the guy that's work, that runs it is taking care of it, but should be up soon. And I'll probably do a follow-up about that later. But for right now, I'm going to show you how to get on the XLX systems. And the ones, we'll, go, we'll do two, particularly the ones that we use for the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. And there are plenty of others that work. There is a prerequisite that the G3 protocol needs to be enabled on that gateway. Um, so I did get uh, K8JTK and K0JSC to enable that on the two that we use for the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. I do have two hotspots here, but both of them are turned off. They don't even have power on them. And we're going to just go straight through the radio here. So let's, uh, let's back out of this. Exit. What we need to do is set up terminal mode. You saw we're already on Wi-Fi. So let's hit menu again. We'll go into... Uh, DV Gateway, we're going to do internal gate. make sure this gateway select is on wireless LAN, go into internal gateway settings, and we need to put in a gateway server. So I'm going to use the K8JTK one, which is X. XLX983.k8jtk.org Enter. 
Next thing we need, we need to check the gateway type. I'm going to do global because we're not in Japan. UDP hole punch. This is kind of like the UPnP stuff in your router. You don't have to use that if you want to forward the traffic from port 40,000 to the IP address of your radio. You can do that. But my router works, the UPnP stuff works really nice on it. So I'm going to turn that on and I don't have to worry about going into my router and making any settings. We need to give our access point a call sign. So I'm going to go ahead and put mine in there. N five Z N O. And I'm going to put a space and I'm going to call this one C because I've that's my terminal one. Then my others are all UHF. So I'm just going to call this one gateway C or terminal C. And let's hit enter. Oh. The C needs to be in the eighth position. So that's five, six, seven, eight. Enter. And it's, it's happy with that. So what else do we have here? Allowed call sign list. You can do that if you want. Uh, you can do access point call sign. We'll, we'll go into the access point mode in another video. For this one, let's just stick with terminal mode. So it, it's pretty easy. That should do it. So let's go ahead and hit exit. We need to go into terminal mode. So let's, let's do this from the start. Let's go back out. Menu, gateway, terminal mode. Now we're in terminal mode. See terminal mode, N5Z and OC at the bottom. Let's go into the, uh, the top, the two settings. And we're going to scroll all the way down to the bottom to direct input RPT and we're going to put in our reflector. So we're going to use XLX uh, 983A which is uh, K8JTKs that we use for the soundcheck net again. When I key this microphone we should see some data indicators up at the top send and receiving so let's see if let's try it in 5z and o okay it looks like it might have worked so let's look on the computer and i see myself there it's there and my 705 and this is uh 2222 See if anybody's on. This is Tommy in 5Z and O. Is anybody monitoring? In 5Z and O, K5QKR. K5QKR in 5Z and O. What's up, old man? Cheap old man. Hey, Tommy. I, uh, I was just, uh, I heard you talking in there. We got, we were, no, I'm messing with, uh, John's hotspot over here. Oh yeah, you can't go out there and not get the pork chop sandwich, man. That that's basically worth the whole trip if you don't get anything else. But we're gonna try using the ID fifty two. Let's go ahead and turn it on. My nice little wallpaper there. 
Now I've seen a lot of people complaining about terminal mode on the handy talkies, uh, particularly the ID51 that you had to buy the ICOM cable. Uh, you don't have to have that anymore. I think a lot of people are under the impression that the ID52 that you do have to have it. Now I've got a standard um, USB, I guess that's an A, to a micro USB that fits the radio. And I've got this USB-C to USB-A little dongle. I got two of them on Amazon for $9, including shipping. I've got my Android phone here. It's got USB-C on the bottom of it. And I'll hook up the... Uh, USB-C side of that and let's hook up the radio to the USB. To make this work we're going to need an app on our Android phone. It's called the RSMS3A. I've already installed it. It's right here. Let's go ahead and run it. It's uh, It sets everything up and you can see I've already used uh, K8JTKs. We'll change that and use uh, K0JSCs system. So to, to go into it, we need to make sure that we do set the same things. We need a gateway repeater. We need to set up our terminal. It's a call sign. Um, I've got UDP hole punch on. This time we'll use uh, Jeff, Amanda's husband, K0JSC, and that's going to be XLX815, XLX815 dot we zero f u n dot com done now to test that let's get start and if you've got connectivity it'll work you'll see the stop button is enabled now and it's actually working so let's set this down and let's look at the radio we've got to do the same thing let's go into menu let's go to dv gateway right there terminal mode we need to put the uh, the reflector in here that we need so I'm going to put uh, XLX815 we'll go all the way to the bottom to direct input RPT just like before and we need to go over a couple because that's six seven eight will be Bravo enter and we should be good to go. Let's uh, let's see if it works. Now let's notice on the phone. KE5QKR and 5 zno you still around? That works. Well, that works well. Now to get out of it again, menu, DB gateway, hit normal mode. And you're back to where you started from. You can go onto your phone and hit the, uh, oh, it, uh, it disconnected the phone. I should have done that first. But it's going to be really nice to have the handy talkie in your bag and a cell phone and can get on uh, some of the reflectors. You can get a check in the sound check net. You can just rag chew. There's, there's several of them that have that enabled. Go to the control panel and go to reflectors list. Search for G3. And you'll see there are quite a number of them. that have, There's 21 on here so far that have 
G3 listed in the uh, in the description. If you want to know what the address is to put in for the gateway, just click on one of these and you'll come up to a URL. So that one, that's what you would put in at the top, XLX, whatever's following it. It's really easy to use. Um, let me know if you have any questions and uh, hope you have fun with it. 73. I'm going to have to try that, Tommy. Yeah, it's you know, pretty cool. Now, I, I couldn't get it to work. I think I mentioned it in the video. But I couldn't get it to work with the U.S. Trust ones, but Donald uh, was rebuilding <laughs> the server. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just feeling kind of hungry all yeah. of a sudden. Go go ahead, Donald. Anyway, Donald was rebuilding the server that our gateway's on at the time it was down. So I'm, I'll do a follow-up on that. With the U.S. Trust stuff sometime here yeah. coming up. Maybe a little brief minute or two thing. That is a pork chop sandwich that I bought for email because <laughs> he, he had spent his cheap old dollar. Yeah. I told him when he goes, you got to get the pork chop sandwich. Tommy, you were right on the money. I don't know what this guy is doing for seasoning those pork chop, but that's a bone-in pork chop on a bun. Uh, and <laughs> and it, it is so is good. Thick. And good. Oh yeah, yep. John got one too, and he agreed. You know, that's yeah, amazing. Best food there. Oh no! Oh, by a long shot. Yep. And they got some pretty good food there, but that to me, that's mm -hmm. the best. Don Arnold's one who told us about them. Uh huh. Definitely, that's one of those things you got to see at Hamvention or eat. But don't go right at lunchtime. You got to stagger your. Mm -hmm. You launch a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's the longest line. Yep. And and if you get one, you'll know why. Yep. Well, let's see. Oh, we, we've got several more items to go here. I think we're going to take Be a, a quick field break. Day leader. Field Day is Ham Radio's most popular event. On June 26th and 27th, more than 40,000 North American hams come together to operate remotely. Connect with nature connect with friends. With a powerful and high-quality ICOM radio, easily cut through pileups to get that contesting edge. Our popular IC705 Portable, IC7300, and IC7610 SDR transceivers are the clear choice for DXers and contesters across the globe. The IC705 is the perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great indoors and outdoors on field day. Features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. And it weighs in at just under 2 pounds. 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. 5 watts with BP272, 10 watts with external 13.8 volt DC. Single sideband CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. The IC7300 is a high-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This is a radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The real HF fun starts here. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham watts. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. 
The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digicel. For more information on these and all the great ICOM radios, visit icomamerica.com amateur. Field day, Tommy. That's coming up real soon, isn't it? It's coming up a little too soon. Yeah, a little sooner than I was realizing. It actually kind of snuck up on me. You were saying one of your favorite people at a ham fest is Richard Stubbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah Richard's always We're here at Hamvention on the final morning, Sunday morning, with Richard Stubbs from MFJ. Richard, it's always great to see you. Great to see you, uh, George, as always. We're Mississippians, but we hardly ever see each other much anymore, especially during the last two years, so it's good to have the reunion here. It is. It really is, and it's good to have a reunion, period, after all that's been going on. Yes, it's been a crazy two years, but we're here, we're alive, we're all celebrating and, and glad to look our friends back face-to-face, and it's been a joy, I tell you. Good, a good year. I mean, you could hardly tell it's been down for two years. Yeah, but there's been part shortages and people problems and, you know, all this Chinese imports off the coast of the Californias. And, I mean, so it's been challenging, very challenging year, but a very good year as far as amateur radio goes and sales, yes. It's been hard to get parts, well, for a while now, hasn't it? Yes, it has, and it's still ongoing. It's getting better. Uh, like with our high-gain division, we've been down on aluminum tubing for a long time, but we finally getting supplies here and there, and we're building antennas and filling back orders. But it's it's still um, you know it's still a challenge every day to keep going and plugging away. And but that's what business is all about. You got to ride the roller coaster, you know, just like your stock market. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me the other day that um, Ameritron, it's been hard to get parts for. We are so far behind on Ameritron, so all the solid-state amps and even the tube amps, I mean, getting uh, Chinese tubes in, getting uh, sockets, getting transistors for the solid-state amps like you have. Uh, we are getting parts. We are making them, but we're back-ordered for, like, months. So getting a new amp right now is awful difficult. So if, if, if somebody wants one, they really just got to be patient. It'll come. It'll just be a while. Just get in line now. Get in line. Get in line right now. Get in with your favorite dealer. Uh, save a bunch of money that way and, and probably free shipping through them and, and wait your turn. All right. Well, Richard, I'm going to turn the mic over to you because I know you've got a few new products here despite all of these obstacles out there in the way, you still managed to bring some new stuff this year. We did, George, and, and, and it's really interesting. We, we ran into the, um, the gentleman who invented the C.W. Elmer, and that's the first thing I want to show. We've always been a part of code learning, and, code, uh, and this weekend there's been a lot of people interested in learning code. And everybody always talked about CW being dead back so long ago. It's still alive and well. The Code Tutor is the original product that we came out with almost 20 years ago to learn and just listen to code and keep your speed up. Then we came out with the Code Reader, which you hold up to your radio speaker and you listen to code as it's coming off the air. Well, now we have, we've working with the uh, CW Elmer, who was a... Um, 
an article in QST magazine a few years ago, and he we now have bought the rights to this, but we're using him for the uh, we're going to pay pay him royalties on this sale. This is now the MFJ 419. I can see my battery's going dead a little bit. Uh, good timing, just like you on your battery for your camera. But anyway, you practice sending. Um, uh, code to this device and it'll show you in English what you're sending. So for the brand new person who's never sent code before, you're going to use a telegraph key to type in characters on the key and have them show up in English on the display. And it's an interactive mode too, so you can actually learn how to actually do your QSO as a CW um, and then let the Elmer teach you before you go on the air and actually take it to the next level. So you're saying I could see how bad a fist I have with yeah, this device? Yes, yes. In fact, one of the other YouTubers was over here, and he could do his call sign real well, but we couldn't make out a whole other, a lot of other characters. But he's he's also kind of a brand-new guy. So he's, he's learning, and he's going to get there, and this device will help you take it to the next level. The other new device we have is an RF-filtered uh, DC power outlet. This has got RF filtering in it to prevent hash from getting into the, the radio system and harming the equipment and making your computer go crazy or whatever. It's got power poles, and it's got banana posts, but uh, it's a 40-amp uh, power, uh, power strip that would hook up to your power supply. And the other nifty thing, we have been making these, but they're still back orders, so I haven't been able to generate one even for George, the famous George Thomas yet, but I want to. This has got U-bolt holes down in here, too, so you can put a mast up and then just drive your tire over the, this uh, stainless steel part. Now you're talking. Yeah, and then you've got other connections here, too, so you could just do a ham stick. You could do uh, you know, a, a Tar Heel antenna, uh, a VHF, UHF, but then we'll have up to a 50-foot mast that you can take up in the air and put a real antenna on it out in the field, out in anywhere. And uh, so we're real fired up about that device. And as soon as I generate stock, George, you're going to get to play with all these toys here. That'll be great, Richard. And so you can just hook you some wires on there, throw your ground plane out there, stick your... your um, hemp. Yeah, you've got your grounding plugs here. You've yep. got... You got a VHF, UHF. You got two ham sticks possibilities, and then you got the U bolts that'll come off of there. Stainless steel. It's all stainless steel construction. Drive your tire over it. You're not going to hurt it. And put your antenna way up in the air, out in the field, out in anywhere, just a, a remote location. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Because all the uh, Poda and the Soda people, they like all these ideas of of getting out at the parks and on the summits and so on, and just anywhere. Take it out in the field, set it up, and go. So we're uh, we're still innovating, trying to maintain everything else, and uh, we can't uh, wait to support you another couple of years. We're doing we, we've been doing it for a while now. You and I have had a, a long relationship, and it's been a lot of fun. It has, Richard, and you know I just want to thank uh, you, Mister Jew, Randy, the whole team at MFJ Ameritron. High Gain, Cushcraft, who did I leave out? Uh, Mirage, Vectronics. And the metal shop guys. And, you know, but you, you, you have been through all of it a couple yep. of times, and, and you've supported us over the years and, and really done some great videos and advertisements for us, and it's been so exciting to work with you and Tommy. Tommy, mm-hmm. 
wish your wife well. Hope everything gets gets right for y'all. So, when is the next big event at MFJ going to be? It is our 50th year anniversary and uh, October 1972, and so 2022 is the 50th year. We me and Mr. Jew got to talk about what we're going to do, obviously, and I'm hoping he'll try to do something nationally. I'd like to talk him into putting a $50 bill in QST, but we'll see how all that goes, all that talking. But usually about October, um, we will have some kind of shindig at the plant, too. And, of course, you and Tommy are invited in every Mississippi, Alabama. Everybody can get to us. We had people from Boston, remember, uh, five years ago. So uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. But I hope I can also do something nationally for all the hams out there as well. You need a fifty-dollar bill with your picture on it, Richard. I think it'll be Mr. Jew's picture, but you know that'll that'll work. <laughs> He's the boss, yeah. Or we'll put your picture on it. No, you you don't want them throwing it away without even looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun, George. You are awesome, Richard. You are too, and so is MFJ. And wow. 50 years, it's its hard to believe. In a hobby business. In a hobby business that started in a hotel room. Mr. Jew built something for all of us young guys that uh, is still lasting and, and will last for hopefully forever. And uh, he is really, uh, for us that are employed by that uh, and given the opportunity to travel the, the world and the, and the United States and and meet people like you and my other fellow hams out there that I've met over the years and made such good friends with. It's been a phenomenal thing. And for this date in the Hamvention to be called the reunion, it really is special. It's been a great weekend seeing everybody back in person. Yeah, and I've seen most of the people I've been looking for here, but there's a handful. They're here, and we... You know how yes, it is. Sir. There's so many people you can't see everyone. You remember Jocelyn's son, uh, Chris? Yes. He missed you yesterday. I told him you were just here, but he had to go back and work, and so he said he said he'd send you an email or something. But Chris is now a 20 year old man in college. We met him back when he was 12, and he is a bright young star in a uh, aeronautics. He's yeah. going to become a pilot. Oh. He'll probably go farther than that. He'll get tired of that and space. just start designing. Well, I think, he, I, think he's, I think he's going to space. Yeah. He he's always been a little spacey. <laughs> well, he is, a, he is a kid from Jocelyn, by the way. Well, yeah, I talk to Jocelyn, you know, fairly regularly. I haven't seen him oh, yet either. Oh, you missed him the whole weekend? Yeah, so far. Oh, I, I haven't seen him first uh, Friday, and then I saw him again Saturday, and we talked about, you know, going and hanging out for a minute, but it was so busy here. I've seen Gordo a couple of times, but I, I, I haven't seen Bob to say yet. Hi to him. Yeah. Bob, yeah, Bob's supposed to be running around here, too. So I'm, I'm supposed to catch up with him sometime today. i got to go talk to Ray Novak for a little while. And yeah, of course. Ray's a good guy. Yeah. I got to see Carol Perry from the U-Form. Of course, we've done a lot of a good, thing, good things with them. And, of course, always get a nice, good hug from her. So that's always nice, too. So what would you say to people who maybe didn't come to Hamvention this year? Do they need to put it back on their list? Yes, yes. Uh, it was a fun, I mean, just getting together and seeing your friends. I, I think ham radio has always been a social activity anyway, and getting face-to-face is even better. Even though everybody likes to talk on the radio, face-to-face interaction 
seeing people, hugging people, shaking hands. Uh, Joe coming around doing our little dance moves for his video. Uh, it's it's a blast. You you miss something, but I understand it was hard for everybody to get out. The gas prices are crazy. Everything's everything's nuts right now. But what is not nuts is friendships and and uh, wonderful uh, relationships. And that's what ham radio is all yes. about. You meet friends that all over the world. Anywhere yeah. you go, you got a friend. Right, right. I've talked to people all over this United States and in the world now, and. And uh, we're making friends everywhere, and, and that's all attributed to ham radio. Well, Richard, thanks for talking to us. I'll give Tommy your regards. Uh, he really missed being here this year. Hopefully next year he'll be here, but but we'll both be seeing you in Huntsville. Yeah, and I got to see Wayne. He stopped by the factory, but, you know, you and Tommy, are, you're, you're, you're the guys. So we appreciate you so much and uh, hope, hope everything goes well with the, uh, Tommy and his family. You know, we have the cheap old man here this year. His first yeah, year today. I, I saw Emil. I miss going down to Louisiana and Croft. You remember those mud bugs, George, that you got to try for the first time. Yep. And uh, that show is really, it, it canceled out this year also. So there's a, it's, it's, but I'm going to be on the road again, guys. We'll see you soon. And, George, I'll be seeing you around for sure. All right, Richard, thanks for taking a few moments to talk with us. It's always great to catch up. A joy. Thank you so much, George. You're, you're much appreciated. You too. And you look spazzy today. Well, I've, I've got on my uh, Bob Heil attire today. Yes. Or, or Gordon West. Yeah, you Either look one. a little bit like Bob Heil. I guess you could yeah. pose with Bob Heil if you went around in the purple converse. Yeah. We run near the same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out, guys. We love you. Hope you make it back to Dayton, uh, Xenia, next year. Hamvention is strong. Let's do it again. Awesome. Dude, he's, he's a fun guy, man. Nice. Oh, yeah. Always fun to catch up with Richard. He's kind of like, I don't know, he may have been one of the most traveled ham festers oh, oh, yeah. I don't know how many. They don't do as many as they used to, but, yeah, they they still do some. Used to, he was gone pretty much for almost every yeah. weekend. There was yeah. a ham fest somewhere. Yep. And Don't most ending. of them, they hoofed it up there in the car. And it, well, that truck. Unending energy. You can see it in his eyes. It's not an email. It is not an email, but email. This time has a post from one of our Facebook members, uh, Michael Stanley. I don't know his call right off. Um, but he posted, uh, you know, Richard was just talking about, uh, the Elmer and the Morse code here, but he posted a bit of history. May 24th in 1844, the line was officially opened as Morse sent the now famous words, what hath got wrath from the Supreme court chamber in the basement of the U S Capitol in Washington, DC to the B and O railroad Mount Clare station in Baltimore, where his assistant Alfred Lewis Vale decoded the resulting paper strips raised dots and dashes to reveal the biblical quotation. The phrase, what hath God wroth, uh, number 23, colon 23, has been suggested to Morse by Annie Ellsworth, the young daughter of one of Morse's friends. So there you go, Morse code. Uh, whether it's wired or wireless, it's still out there, still being used, still being learned, and lowest common denominator, right? Exactly. And 
It doesn't even need a kilohertz for digital bandwidth. 250, 500, something about that, right? Mm, yeah. Oh, no, I don't, I don't even know you need to go to 500. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, if you're going to go to Hamfest, Tommy. You want to be like, looking sharp. You know, you could probably guess I had just been to one. But I, I kind of guessed that. They don't always assign you a T-shirt before you go to a ham fest. And you may not have a firefighter shirt from New Zealand. No, but you, you should. You might not have an Ozone Amateur Radio <laughs> shirt. But you should. You should. <laughs> um, you may not have an AmateurLogic.tv hat. But you really should. You really should. And if you need one, well, there's a good place you can go get that. Where is that? Well, we just so happen to have a spread shirt store with uh, all that stuff on it. Cups and more, that and more. You can see here we got cups, caps, golf shirts, T-shirts, hoodies. Go check it out at shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash amateur logic. All your amateur logic swag right there. Yep. And if you're ham college watcher, uh, we got ham college swag on there as well. Yep. And, you know, we always look around to see, because of our keen fashion awareness, <laughs> when we go to a... <laughs> <laughs> We have a reputation for that. Yeah, to uphold. So when we go to Ham Fest, we're looking around for the best dress ham there. We are. And, and this is one of them right here. This is not the only one, but it's the only one I got a good picture of. Hey, I know that guy. Hey. Jeff. K-A-J-T-K. One of our net monsters from the Soundcheck yeah. net. Jeff was representing. He had on the Amateur Logic polo shirt or golf shirt. So yeah, anyway, it was looking sharp. We got to visit with him uh, a good bit. We were in the same restaurant, so uh, I'd see him down at breakfast and his father. Chatted with him a good bit, and we we visited with them. Uh, pretty good conversations there, right at Hamvention as well. So yeah, we were able to spend a little time together, and that's that's always a fun thing to do. Oh no doubt, I can't. I hate I missed it. Yeah, you should. But I'll be know, there next year. We had the fun for you. Well, you know, man, I George, appreciate that. George, are, are you sure that was the best dressed ham picture? Uh, I I don't know. I I think I think <laughs> I think this one might take the cake. There, man, you got it. You got it going over there. And now, who who is that you're uh, you with there? That's uh, Jerry Ellsworth, and that's. Amy, and we ran into them right near the opening of the Ham Fest. Yeah, well, cool. I hate I missed them, too. They're a lot of fun to visit with as well. They are. We had a good conversation. They're still staying busy, still working on Tilt 5. Yeah, I see uh, I see them on uh, social media stuff all the time. they they got a lot of cool things going on over there. They do. I'm surprised, actually, we were able to get away. Mike, you're going to open a can <laughs> of worms here. You want to set yeah, it up? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I had to put a slide in there that said disclaimer in, in all red. So Go ahead and put your um, autoresponder on your email. Hate mail. It's a kind of a continuation of my uh, installation of the ground rod. And um, as I was saying earlier, that uh, 
when I put the ground rod in, I thought, oh, I got to hook this thing up. And, oh, I better check to see how it's properly hooked up. So I got reading and, uh, well, let's get the segment. To ground or not to ground? That is a question that I've been asking myself recently when it comes to my antenna installations. I never liked the idea of turning my antennas and masts into a lightning rod, but the problem is not that simple. Last time, I demonstrated how to put a ground rod into the earth using no tools with just water. Well, that installation got me thinking about my station's ground system. This schematic shows my current station ground system. As you can see, it does not provide an effective path to ground should a direct light strike occur. However, this is because I am in the habit of disconnecting and isolating all my antenna feed lines when not in use. Because this arrangement does not provide a direct path to ground, it does not bring the antenna and mass to ground potential. I do have static discharge devices on each of my feed lines to bleed off any static electrical charges that may build up on my antennas. This should help protect sensitive radio equipment. I place all of my disconnected coaxial feed lines into a tall, thick glass container when not being used. In the event that a lightning strike should find its way down the feed line, it's kept fairly isolated and insulated from other things in the shack that are grounded. Most HF transceivers, even vintage ones, have a ground terminal on the rear for attaching to a ground connection. I strongly recommend that you reference the most current version of the National Electrical Codebook, in particular Article 810 which covers antenna installations and proper grounding. One of the important things about the installation of a new ground rod is you cannot assume that the earth can be your bonding jumper. Copper jumpers must be used to connect each ground rod to the electrical system ground and the copper jumper will have a resistance so small as to be negligible while the earth will have a resistance of millions or billions of ohms even on a wet day. Remember this when you're thinking about leaving the earth to serve as a bonding jumper between the grounding rods. Here's a diagram of my station's updated ground system. Things to note are that I have moved my static surge devices from inside to outside close to the newly installed 10-foot ground rod. The antenna mast is now grounded, and most importantly, the new ground rod is bonded to the electrical service ground with a heavy gauge copper wire. For more information on electrical codes and standards, you may want to visit the National Fire Protection Association's website at nfpa.org. You can download a free version of the National Electrical Code Handbook. Here are a few final thoughts in more detail than what the previous slides indicated. You can read through them at your leisure. Here are a few important points to note. If you use coaxial cables to connect antennas to your equipment, you must comply with Article 820. Do not attach anything to the electrical service mast. Avoid contact with conductors of other systems. Outdoor antennas and leading conductors must not cross over open conductors of electrical light or power circuits. Make any splices mechanically secure with approved splicing devices or other means that won't weaken the conductors. You must provide each feed line from an outdoor antenna with a listed antenna discharge unit. Grounding the electronic equipment is critical. Ensure that the antenna and mast are grounded through an antenna discharge unit and ground block as per Article 810.21.
Well, I'm sure this presentation is going to lead to some discussion. There are many different opinions varying whether or not to ground or isolate equipment in the ham shack. So what I've tried to present to you tonight is by the book <laughs> from the National Electrical Code. So hopefully that gives you uh, some insight and uh, you can make up your own mind and decisions as to uh, how to best protect your system. And remember, I don't believe that there is anything that will prevent a direct lightning strike. So bear that in mind. 7-3 for now from VE3MIC. Mike, you might want to peek out the curtain before you venture out of the house and, and keep a watch behind you. Well, you better be careful because there's lightning out there right now. Yeah. I've already, I Yeah. I won't uh, touch anything that's conductive for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. Wow. My dog agrees. I don't know if you could, if you heard it or not. Oh, the weather dog, the weather dog has spoken? What does he think? Yep. Um, well, she is, I can't decode that, you know. <laughs> uh, there are some things I know she barks in a certain pattern. Sort of like Morse code. When she wants to come in the house, uh -huh. she's got a particular code for that. You can tell them how the weather dog thing works, though? How you the, way the, weather, the way the weather, you operate the weather dog. And, Emil, I see you have a couple right there in the shack with you. <laughs> Actually, uh, they took a break. They went outside. So oh, they they're did. not sitting behind me not right now. <laughs> well, then you already know how this goes. If you want to check the weather... You send the weather dog outside. If the dog comes back wet, it's raining. If it's dry, it's not. So it's pretty. And that's, and that's how you operate the weather dog. That's how it's operated. If they bring you back a squirrel, then you know it's a good day for them. Well, that's a good day for you true. too. Yep. It's a good day for your antenna. <laughs> when they go after your hat, do you send them out after squirrels? Oh man, don't start. They <laughs> as soon as I got home, the one hat I actually got from Hamvention was chewed. I mean she oh. destroyed it. <laughs> wow. Well I saw I the one it. you were wearing at Hamvention and I could see why she'd be angry. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it probably tasted like pork chops pork chop sandwich. Yep. You shouldn't have taken that hat off while you were eating, you know. <laughs> We got one more video from Dayton tonight. This one, I I kind of like seeing it. Um, I, I think you will, too. It's an updated product. It's not available yet. It's still, it's still in the works. Should be coming out soon. Cool. Uh, I would like to have one of these. Uh, Tommy, unfortunately... You were not with me, and I did not have the chain either, so uh. I, I wasn't able to head toward the door with it. I did check, you know, what the weight was and, you know, to see if it was something I'd get away with. But it was Sunday when I shot this, and Emil was not there on Sunday, so uh, he couldn't assist in blocking uh. Ray. Otherwise, it was a good plan. It just didn't work it's out. It's the ICOM booth at Dayton Hamvention 2022. And, of course, no trip out here would be complete without a visit with Ray Novak. Hi, Ray. How you doing today, George? I'm doing fine. How, how has how's this year been? 
This year's been very interesting. Friday was just off the hook. I mean, we had a lot of people in here. Saturday with the weather, I think, scared a few people off, but still decent crowds until the rain moved in. And then this morning is just kind of relaxing. We're coasting into the final hours. Yeah, it's nice and cool this morning. There's room you can get around easily today. So Sunday, if you can be here, it's a good day. Yes, it is. It, it is a good day and a good day to talk about things that we find in the trunk, right? Exactly. Speaking of that, this is, well, it wouldn't fit under the dash in my truck, but uh, I don't know. This is a little different than your previous amplifier. Yes, sir, it is. Well, where, where it's similar is it is has a power supply, the antenna tuner, and the amplifier. A beautiful configuration, touch screen, so you can quickly, if you need to, jump bands with it, or it will follow an ICOM radio. Uh, real nice configuration now. The PW1 had where you could have two inputs to it, but you had to manually switch it. This one is configured to be an SO2R amplifier, single operator, two receivers. It will follow whichever radio is going to transmit from, where the PW1 wouldn't. You had to manually do it. This will automatically switch with your, with your exciter. And so you can set a priority to where this, this transceiver has the highest priority for transmit or... Or does it just switch whoever gets there first? It, it switches. It has an interlock that you would communicate between the two radios so you can't transmit with both at one time. But a lot of these guys will get a pattern down where they transmit on one, receive on the other, then transmit while receiving, go back and forth between it. Um, it it's, it's incredible to watch some of these guys do that. How many watts? We're looking at 1KW. Uh, it's it's designed for an international market. A lot of countries, their maximum output is a, is one kW. And I assume all all HF bands, six meters. On well, down. here here we go. We got six meters all the way to 160. Cool. What what type of power? Uh, for 110 in, you're going to get 500 watts. With 220, you get your full KW. It is a uh, 100% duty cycle. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful configuration. And the supply is already built into the amp. It's not a separate box. No, sir, not a separate box. So what you're looking at is everything that you would have sitting on your desk. You know, this looks about the same size as my, uh, my 7700. It would make a good match for it, I believe. It would be close. Um, I, I don't see rack mount handle sides on it. But there again, the way this is configured, this, this is real cool like this. But let me power it off here. Magnets on the back of it. Attach it to the bracket. And I've laid claim to this one, as you saw with it booting up. Got, I've already logged my call sign in it. But touchscreen, you can see everything all at one time. Or touch and hold. There's your meters. You can change what you want on each one of them. Uh, right now we're on 110. It says max is 1KW, but there you can go into 500-watt mode. Your time, your clock, temperature of the amplifier, because I know it's not 82 degrees Fahrenheit no. inside this building. Not today. 
But as you can see, you've got your secondary showing 20 meters here. If we had a second transmitter connected to it, then this would light up as the input for it. Or we can swap back and forth between the two. Now, my buddy Scott set it up earlier. He, he wanted to make sure that we show this. The icons for your different antennas. So you could tell it what type of antenna, put a name to it, customize it how you want it to be. Um, your different menus for it what, it, what radios that you have connected to it. So we're real excited for this product to come out. Uh, we jokingly say if you see anything under glass at a show, it's going to be a minimum of a year. It was showed at the Tokyo Ham Fair three years ago, 2019. Um, COVID really slowed us down, and then right now with all the component shortages, I don't have a clear time frame on when this is going to be released or what kind of price at this point. But I'm hoping that, it's bef that we have it by date next year. And I see a tuner switcher. Is, this, is that to remotely control an auto tuner? Uh, no, it's actually to control the internal antenna tuner. Oh, a kilowatt tuner built in. Yes, sir. Now, that's, that's nice. Now, one of the other things I mentioned earlier about SO2R, and we're going to need to come around to the back side of it for me to show you a few things on it. But when we, when we get to the back, it has what we call a 6x2 switch. Two inputs, six outputs. Again, the antennas you can see here, your six outputs that you can configure for whatever you want to have. Um, it also has a receive antenna I.O. If you're using it with like a 7610 or 7851, you can get really dynamic with your receive antennas. So if you're running 80 or 160 with beverages, you can either use the receive antenna ports on the radios and or the antenna port on the back of the, the amplifier into your switching matrix if you have other filters and things like that with it. Cool. And can you program it so as you change bands it knows which antenna it should select? Yes, sir. It will have all of that in it where your antenna memory is here. There you go. What antenna you have on what band. Okay. Very cool. You're already drooling, George. Well, I am. And, you know... Although I already have an amplifier, it's a different brand than my radio. Right. This, this would make a nice match. I mean, I know my radio's a little older now, but still, I, I feel like the, the two would be happy with each other. Now, there's a couple of things on it that we haven't seen any definition of yet. One is an SD card slot. Yes, I, I noticed that. So maybe for firmware updates or user profile savings. And then on the back of it, there's an Ethernet port on it. I'm not going to bring up the menus because we're still working with a prototype, but there's actually some interesting networking capabilities in the menu system for this PW2. So we have no idea what all you'll be able to do with it. That is interesting. Wow. Uh, talk about your, your remote operations. Yeah, that's, that's one thing that we don't know for sure yet, if there, what it will do with the RSBA1 or tied to a radio. Uh, I know on the RSBA1 it asks if you're running the PW1. My guess is there will be an update to it that will say PW2. 
but what all you can do with it is undefined at this point. Only the imagination can run wild, and with me being at ICOM and speculating, I don't want to get myself into trouble and the engineers start yelling at me. So how many devices are in here? Is it, and is it uh, using FETs or MOSFETs? It, it's an LDMOS design. How many devices, I'm not really sure yet. Um, one of the things that I was told is I'm not supposed to take the cover off, so I've obeyed that this time. Well, so look, no, I have a screwdriver, Ray, and you know me. Yeah, that's the thing. That, I know you, George. That's, we took the cover off, but it's going back on real quick. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, this, this is really nice looking. Weight? How much do, do you know the weight on it? I don't know. Hold this for a second. I'm going to say it's close to 50 pounds. Okay. Not bad. I'm not going to throw it over on my shoulder, but it felt like about like a, a 50-pound bag of, of flour. Okay. Cool. Well, let's take a look around the back. A couple of things to point out. We're going to start over here. Here's your outputs, your antenna connections. You'll see six of them. Then we move over to your power line in, your ground. You've got your low and your high uh, breakers. ACC1, ACC2, ALC1 send, ALC and send 2. In, uh, band switching for 1 and 2, input 1 and 2. You receive antennas in and out. The controller... The um, input one and two, remote three, so three different remote port connections, and then the LAN connection. Look at that heat fin. Wow. How loud is it, do you think? I'm not really sure how loud the, the fans are going to be on it, but I can guarantee you that we're moving a lot of air around it. Just from what I'm seeing, though, compared to the PW1, the PW1 had four massive fans on it. So I'm, I'm guessing this one's going to be a little bit quieter. But there again, that's all guesswork. We shipped it in to Dayton. We had to put the 110 plug on, and it's shipping back to, back to Japan. So they're not giving me much screwdriver time with it. And so the AC input's auto-switching. There's... There's no switch, so you don't have to worry about putting it in the wrong position. No, sir, not at all. Ray, I like it. And whenever you're ready to send one out for beta test, you know, Tommy and I will be happy to, to take the screwdriver and see what's in there. I bet you guys will, huh? So thank you for taking your time to go over this one. we got a couple other things that I'd like to show you, but, hey, I'm having a blast here. Looks like you are as well. I always like it when the random uh, invention um, people walk walk in right in the middle of your your video interview. Yep. <laughs> At least you didn't walk between. And then the they camera. notice that you're doing a video, and then they kind of do a double take, and then they casually, sheepishly walk away. <laughs> so he had a couple of other new products that I think are actually available now. And we were going to look at those. You know, he mentioned he had a couple others he wanted to look at. Well, just as uh, soon as we shot this, he got called away to do the drawings. They were giving away uh, some prizes from ICOM there at, for the for the big prizes at Hamvention. 
he got called away to do that and never made it back. So we did not shoot the other two items. But it's a um, a new dual-band handy-talkie and a new VHF mobile. And it, it, they're analog. Uh-huh. He'll he'll be here, and we'll be getting some on those in the future. But uh, I saw what you were doing too. Well, you checking out the weight to see if you something that, you could grab and run with? Yeah. You? <laughs> when he told me fifty pounds, I knew it was. You yeah, know, you wouldn't get very far running wide open with that. Nope. <laughs> nope. So it was it was smart to check it though instead of just grabbing it and run. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times like. He's shipping that one back to Japan. That means that is really like a prototype. And, uh-huh. and yeah, it's not worth running with one of those because it probably, it may not even transmit. You know, yeah. a lot of that prototype stuff. Yeah, you want to save your strength for the real deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to pay that extra uh, baggage fee for, uh, for your airfare for excess uh, weight. You want to make sure you get a good one. Yes, right. And see, 50 pounds. That's a whole nother bag. By the time you put it in a box, it would have been over. So, you know, you couldn't even classify it as a second bag. It might have to go as a oh. two more bags. I don't know. I think he's now you, could, you, you could have don't, also don't do uh, tossed it in the back of Emil's truck. <laughs> well, Emil had <laughs> left. Then you run the yeah. risk of not ever seeing it again. Email had left the building, man. He he didn't come Sunday. Nope. We had a 12-hour drive. And now you know why you should have been there Sunday. That's right. For backup? That's the free day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's I noticed the, that. the that's... bottom feeding day, as Cousin Jerry calls it, yeah. when um, <laughs> all the flea market guys don't want to bring the stuff home, so they give it away for nothing. And he could have just pulled for the free. truck right on up in there, you yeah. know. That's and, when you find out who's had the signs that said, my wife said I can't bring it back with me, if yep, they were telling right. the truth or not. Yep. <laughs> wow. Well, I have an email here, and this is a, well, this comes to us from Matt Mathis, KD0EZS. I met him at Hamvention. Well, actually, it was at the ICOM booth around the time that last video was shot. I hung out there uh, oh, for a good little while on Sunday and met a lot of folks and just happened to grab a shot with Matt here. We were talking about the Western Kansas 160-meter net. They have it every Tuesday night at 9 Central on 1960 Lower Side Band. And they have a radio-related topic each time, like what's your favorite vacuum tube or what antenna have you been experimenting with lately? Or what are you building on the bench? Or have you experimented with LDMOS devices? You know, those guys on 160 meters do a lot of experimenting. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it sounds like our kind of net. Unfortunately, I don't have an antenna to get on 160 right now. Uh, But he says I have a lot of new guys on the band, and they're sharing ideas with them, helping to get their signals stronger. Um, Are you telling me to sit? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me mute. Oh, not not me. Okay, I got you. So, oh no, don't don't be feeding the dogs on the show. 
so anyway, we were talking about the net, so he, he wrote me telling me about it, and he said, thanks for taking the time to visit with me at Hamvention. I know you guys are busy and everyone wants a little piece of you, and I always try to respect another person's time. I enjoy all the content uh, you and uh, the many others produce, and I believe it's an invaluable resource for many hams old and new. Well, thanks, Matt. It was good to visit with you, learn a little more about the net there, and, uh, yeah, you encouraged me a little bit, maybe get out here and see what I can do for a 160-meter antenna. Be fun. I want to get I, on I've that. I've always band. wanted one. Yeah, just don't ever really have the room for it. I can I can listen to it, but I can't transmit there. Mm-hmm. Definitely can't transmit yeah. there. I've tried tuning it up, but my tuner arcs when I. Well, that's what there. happened to me too. Yeah. So yeah, not not good. No, I did that once, and I said I was going to give it up. Well, have some wire in the air. We just want to remind you, you know, if you like. Amateur Logic would appreciate it if you would share the video with others. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. and It just helps spread the word around and get more people watching. Because we know if you like it, they're bound to like it too. Anyway, um, we're coming up on 17 years Yep, soon in October. We've got a lot of stuff left to, to pull off this year. When we get to 20, I'm singing the theme song, so be sure oh. you're here for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be here for that one. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I want to remind you, Arnie, don't go away yet, because we, we have some bloopers coming up. We don't usually put all the bloopers at the end of the live show. They just fall where they may, but I have actual bloopers tonight, so... Oh, Stay nice tuned for that. Gift. Yeah, it is. Yep. So before we get out of here, let's just uh, just talk about a couple of things. First, Tommy, any uh, any final things you want to mention tonight? No, just uh, look for us at field day. I don't exactly know what we're going to be doing, but we're going to be doing something. So uh, we'll post the uh, the call sign. Actually, we're going to use the club sign, right? Yep. We haven't used it before, so... so uh, we got a new club sign, call sign to go with the repeater we're working on getting on the air, so we're going to use that this year. Yep. Uh, W5AXC. AXC. So look for us on the yeah, air. We'll post it on the social media before field day as well. Mike, any final thoughts from you tonight? Well, I, I, I couldn't help but notice, now that, now that I did that segment on grounding... When you were uh, showing the video, the icon video about that new linear amplifier, I, I couldn't help but notice a great big ground lug on the on the rear of the chassis. And I'm wondering how many people actually connect it up uh, and use that ground lug on the radios. With the strap, the uh, strap, ground yep. strap. Yep. I got everything in my rack. Got a ground strap to it. Runs to a big fat copper strip that runs up the length of the rack, and the ground rod is almost directly up under it. Mm-hmm. It's right up nice. under the shack here. So um, that means, depending on school of thought, 
I'm a very likely target. Or not. Depends well, on it's, it's on it's who you of, ask and what day it is. That's the dilemma. Yeah. Either yeah. turn your antenna into a lightning rod by having it po- properly grounded, or uh, for years I left mine just uh, bolted to the wooden deck so there was about eight feet of lumber before you actually hit ground um and now now of course it's all at the uh, ground potential whether or not i'm a more likely target i'm still going to disconnect your feed my feed lines when i'm not using them but still um you know i'm a little leery about that lightning uh coming into the feed line even though it's got a really good ground rod right below the mast hopefully it takes the the shortest and most direct path. So we'll see. Yeah. I may live to regret it. I don't know. <laughs> I always disconnect mine. If there's bad weather in the area, I, I disconnect it for sure. I don't. Never really? do. No. If I had to disconnect feed line from every transmitter uh, that I've got. Yeah, that's I, different. Yeah. You can't reach out there and twist those off with one hand either. No, you can't. But I, I, I'd keep my uh, tube meter stuff hooked up so I can ch- check the weather nets and stuff, but my HF antenna gets disconnected. Email. Any final thoughts from you tonight? Well, I'm also looking forward to um, field day. I hope to hear everybody on the air. We actually got... Uh, K0JSC on the logs from our club uh, the last time we did uh, field day from our um, uh, clubhouse. But uh, besides that, stay cool, hydrated. <laughs> I think this year is going to be brutal. Uh, I'm I'm seeing temperature um, heat indexes in the hundreds here. Oh yeah, humidity. Yeah, here <laughs> the humidity. too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And last thing I'm going to say is. Happy Father's Day, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's Day. Tomorrow. Uh, Sunday. Sorry. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we're shooting this on Friday. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, before we get out of here, I just want to thank everybody for watching tonight. And, um, you know, if you didn't make Hamvention this year, maybe you can next year. I'm planning a next Hamfest, Huntsville. Tommy's yeah, I will I will be at too. Huntsville unless something drastic happens. I'm yep. planning on it. And also, MFJ 50th anniversary. Can't miss that either. Yeah. Don't know when it's going to be. I kind of want to go to that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really a fun time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really is. But last thing I want, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That <laughs> says it, it all. Like you said, no table, no nothing in the grass. It's the free box, and I found it. Yep. <laughs> if anybody could. Yeah, well, if you would have stuck around on the Sunday, there would have been a lot more where that came from. <laughs> You'd have to bring your own boxes. <laughs> you would have needed a, a U-Haul trailer. Yeah. So during the month, you can join us on one of our social media networks. That's like facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv and we're on twitter at amateurlogic mike bue.com slash join slash amateurlogictv and even groups.io slash g slash amateurlogic 
There you go. And we'll be talking about, uh, well, whatever happens for field day. We'll put you an update on that as well. Um, so thanks for being here. Join us again, middle of next month, and join us for the next time college at the end of the month. 7 3. Yep, 7 3, everybody. Thanks for joining 7, us. 7 3. 7 3. Like an old VHS or old cassette deck, the head comes out. That'll make the blooper reel, right? Yeah. And you know what? You don't have Tommy here to help hold me back, so you can't run with it. I don't have the chain either. Okay, man, this show has really gone to the dogs, hasn't it? it yes, it has. Yes, it has.